Welcome to the Hollow Earth. <laughs> Everyone that doesn't know that vine is just going to go, actual hell? This isn't real. Yeah, talk about like dead dinosaurs, vine, rest in peace. R.I.P. in peace. Bring it back like the DNA. Take its DNA and bring it back. <laughs> they're just in a lab in the amber. trying to revive Vine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just in the amber. Yep. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Gems of History podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Shop, And we got a, a full house tonight. We got Marshall and Alex Mattis joining us. Woo! Also, woohoo! <laughs> I'm going to fight you for this mic. Gene team. <laughs> yeah, they're sharing a mic, so they're going to have to brawl it out for that. But uh, I also have Evan with me as usual. So hello, Evan. Just over here and lonely like always. <laughs> you and me both. So tell us, what's love like? <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah, they I love it. They literally just celebrated their wedding this past weekend. So snaps. 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 It was a blast. So much fun. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> for, for that amount of money, I hope it was too. <laughs> I, was, I was going around to every single person. And like I don't know how they're like expect to like to respond, but I'm like, are you having fun? Yeah. Did you have fun? <laughs> it's are like you so having assertive, fun? like shaking their shoulders, like, are you having fun? Well, and it's like, <laughs> could you imagine saying no? Right. <laughs> oh, I'm absolutely not. No, I want like give me your gift back. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're like actively crying and just like someone put you in a terrible mood for yeah. whatever reason, which even then it wouldn't be your guy's fault. Right. But. Well, there actually was, Marshall, I don't know if you heard this, on the party bus, our cousin and his girlfriend were on, and they were the ones who sang. And I think the girlfriend, she wasn't drinking on the party bus, and if you can imagine a party bus, it's like, you kind of need to because of the craziness. And at some point, someone asked her at the very end, like, did you have fun on the party bus? And she said no. Uh, I mean... Yeah, you kind of yeah. well, dare you. <laughs> you just okay. got to like, dare her. But the music is blaring. <clears throat> you got 27 other people jammed on top of you. Yeah. And you're not drinking. That sounds like absolute hell to me. That actually does sound like the worst experience yeah. of all time. I mean, I understand going into it. like, But if you know you're going to go into it with the mindset that you're not drinking and everyone else is going to yeah. be, you kind of have to prepare yourself mentally for that. So if you're not already prepared, then you're going to have a bad time. <laughs> True. True. Man, if I would have known this information on the party bus, I probably would have like tried to ice her or do yeah. something, like throw the bottle of McGillicuddy. Yeah. And she was next to the stripper pole, so it's like, hey, leave it up for the rest of us. Prime, prime party bus positioning right there. Very upset I did not get on the stripper pole myself, but there's just oh. too many people in that damn bus. But <laughs> I had to fought my way. Like, I would have had to cross the seven seas to get that thing. <laughs> But yeah, good good weekend overall from what we all remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyways. Woke up with a Domino's pizza literally <laughs> on my chest. <laughs> like uneaten pizza? No, it was in the box still, but like there was a slice like on my shoulder. <laughs> Brand new white t-shirt too. Shout out Coles and yeah. That's that like thing. early 90s comedy movie like prime details right there. The narrator cuts in. You probably wonder what happened here. <laughs> I really hope in the background, episode three was playing. That would have been <laughs> fantastic. I have no idea what was on the... I don't think anything was. Um, Just sitting in stone-dead silence with a giant Domino's pizza. For real, the anxiety that I had the day after was just unreal. 
Like, oh, yeah. You get that, too? Oh, hangover anxiety? Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. How long have we known each yeah. other? The stupid shit that I've done for the last, like, 12 years, eight, eight Ooh, years. Of how-, <laughs> <laughs> how old am I? Yeah, when did I start drinking again? Stop listening, Mom. <laughs> but, yeah, the anxiety was for real on Sunday morning. But yeah, it was a rough morning. Yeah, <laughs> but worth it. I hope the listeners really liked us talking about a fun time. None of them went to. Yeah, hey, some, some of them were probably yeah. there. That yeah. is true. That is true. It was funny because I talked to your mom for a little bit, Marshall, and she's like, "I've been listening to the podcast. I've been trying to listen to the podcast." <laughs> yeah. I'm like, "Yeah, we're, we kind of get way off track a yeah. lot, so I don't blame you." She told me the same thing. I'm like, "I get it." Yeah, <laughs> she's like, "Every time I listen, I just imagine you guys sitting there talking about it." I'm like, "Yeah." Yeah, that's how podcast. That work. was the idea. Yep. Cut up our one year anniversary. We also are next month. Oh wow! Well, December. anniversary of our first recording. Yeah. Yeah. December thirtieth. Yeah. So I do expect thank you cards. <laughs> yes, thank you cards. <laughs> For well all wishes, like greatest regard, warm wishes, balloons, the the whole like a bouquet of flowers. Yes, absolutely. Please, no more puppies. I already have one. <laughs> It's like a, one of those holiday car commercials. Someone just gives you a brand new car. It's like, I didn't know you were going to buy me this. This is a huge financial investment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like but, we're getting a divorce now. Yeah. What the hell? It's like, I bought two brand new GMCs. It's like, where did we have the money for this? But yeah. one's white and, and the other one's red. Isn't that special? No, <laughs> it's not. I bought you a puppy. I bought you a truck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of these things is like 60 grand. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but anyways, meaning the puppy, because <laughs> honestly, yeah, we got uh, quite a lot to talk about tonight. And before we get into that, we're going to go through our trivia. So let's do that right away so we can get into our topic for today, which, if you couldn't guess by the intro, is going to be the hollow earth theory. So that's going to be a, a mess of different ideas and a whole bunch of stuff. So hopefully we can be as coherent as we can and give you guys the details. But yeah, very excited for this one. Who would like to start with trivia? I want to start because mine isn't as good as everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> Starting off positive. I, like I, it. <laughs> I really jumped on this one. Okay. Um, so I was listening to a podcast on Jamestown. And if you guys haven't really dove into that, I felt like I only knew about the Mayflower when Jamestown was earlier than that and was just absolutely crazy. And Pocahontas, the Disney movie, is not accurate. Really? <laughs> so whatsoever. Um, but Pocahontas was not her real name. So I'm going to give you four options about what her real name was. And you'll have to have to tell me, by the way, Pocahontas, you know, in the Disney film was like the love interest. Well, in real life, she was like 10. So (laughs) not, not interested in Mr. John Smith. So Marshall's very close to me. So don't look over my shoulder, please. Yeah. No cheating. Yeah. No cheating. I have a, I have a computer here <laughs> and a phone that I could cheat with. Okay. A. Was it Mataponi? B. Pamunki? Three. Matoeka? Or three. Or did I say three? Yeah, you said three. Ah, uh, four. Number four. <laughs> Where was the other one? <laughs> Can't find it. Um. I love how none of us are ever like I'm free not, prepared for this. And, and, and number four. Oh, was Ch- Chickahominy. Oh. I want to say it's three. That sounds right to me. Um, 
I'm gonna go with four. I'm gonna mm. go with Chicken Hominy. Oh yeah. What? what <laughs> I had to push you out of the way for the mic. What was two? Was that something? Cloaca? Cloaca. It's Pam Pamuinki. Pam Pam. I cannot speak. N- Native two. American. Number two. No, it is number three. Let's Darn go. It. So, really, Pocahontas meant playful one or ill-behaved child because really she was like a person who would just run around the tribe and be very playful and active and she was one who interacted with the um, colonists at the time and was really nice to Mr. John Smith when it came. But And then they really didn't tell her her, her name because they wouldn't they didn't really trust them. Yeah. Uh, I wonder why. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Marsh, you want to take the next one? Sure, I can take the reins. Yeehaw. (laughs) Don't cheat, Alex. All right. What was the first city in the U.S. US to host the Olympics? Was it A, St. Louis, Missouri, B, New York, New York, uh, C, San Diego, California, or D, Chicago, Illinois? See, I know Chicago did host one, but I don't know if it was the first. Um, Are we talking... Winter or summer? I'm, I assume summer. <laughs> it was in the Winter ni- Olympics didn't start till more recent, right? Yeah. So I would yeah. assume it'd probably be it'd probably be summer. Okay, I would assume. Uh, I'm gonna go with. Chi- I really want to say Chicago, but I really also want to say St. Louis. I'm gonna say Chicago. I'm gonna say San Diego. I'm gonna say St. Louis. Okay, the correct answer was A, St. Louis, Missouri. Dang it. <laughs> it was so back and forth between that and Chicago for me. Um, it was the third, I believe, Olympia. Yep. The third one. The third. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. It was in 1904 when uh, it was held uh, in St. Louis, Missouri. Okay. For the first time in America's history with the Olympics. Sweet. wonder why they chose St. Louis. I mean, no, nothing against St. Louis. It was but. a boom in town. So St. Louis, huh. um, when, I was just listening to something about bricks, actually, are super valuable there. And right now, <laughs> people are literally stealing like these red bricks in St. Louis area because they're so valuable and they're shipping them south. Really? And St. Louis, because it's right on the Mississippi, was a huge ship, shipping port and was really hot place to huh. get all these bricks. Yeah. I guess, I mean, that makes sense. I never, I just never would have thought of it. I just I think, like, w- A, the Cardinals suck, and also <laughs> they have a gate, so. I never would have expected Alex to come in here and say, hey, I was just listening to something about bricks today. Yeah. <laughs> so here's where you guys are wrong. Um, <laughs> let me talk about some bricks. <laughs> Do you guys want to hear about what I learned about today? It's usually, like, planet money, like the oh, weird yeah. economic okay, ones. Okay, sure. That's where I know my fun facts. That is a really fun fact. I'm keeping that one in my back pocket. <laughs> That one's so fun. For a rainy day. Oh, yeah. It's that one and the Napoleon getting attacked by 3,000 bunnies. Yeah. (laughs) Those are, that's my favorite one. I think this one might actually be it. Anytime I look, like, don't have a trivia fact ready, I always look up weird history trivia, and that's always on there is the Napoleon bunny attack. Well, I mean, it's just so funny. It is. It's rabbits. Bugs Bunny was out for blood. (laughs) All right. My question for you folks. In 1969, French author... Uh, and I just looked up how to pronounce his name, too, and I forgot already. I think it's Georges. 
or something like that. Oh, Joan of Arc. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, his last name is Perec, so I'm just going to say Perec, mm-hmm. wrote a book called Avoid, or in French, La Disparition, with, without using what letter? The first option, A. The second option, S. The third option, D. Or the fourth option, E. So this oh, is, man. This okay. is in French, you said? Yes, yeah, so, so, so he wrote the whole book without using one of those letters. Okay, so I don't know French, so I don't know if they depend on vowels or consonants more. So is what was it, A? A, S, D, or E. I'm going to go with E because my name has an E. <laughs> and Good. an A, but it starts with an E. Good logic. Yes. S. <laughs> I'll say D. Okay. Correct answer is E. I'm the smartest man alive. (laughs) I kind of gave you guys hints in the title because all of the other three options were in the title of the book in French. So. Oh. Yeah, I I didn't listen that much. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Why? I don't know. But you, you didn't ask us for a perception check, so that's on you. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot we were playing D&D right now. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, in 69, he wrote that one. And then in 1972, he wrote a companion book to it called Les Revenentes, or The Ghosts in English, only using the vowel E. And b- the first book, without use, the one without the letter E in it, was translated by a man named Gilbert Adair, but he couldn't translate the second book because he couldn't sign his last name on it. Because <laughs> it had an E in it? Yeah. yeah. Well, no, his last name uh, didn't have an E in oh, it. Oh, didn't have an E, sorry. So he could only use E's. But That kind of reminds me of, we just watched the movie Misery. And isn't, didn't in the book, they, they didn't have the letter N or something on the typewriter? Yeah, the typewriter that she bought for this this writer, one of the keys was broken. So in the book, whenever he's writing something there's a missing space that is filled in with what looks like pen. Oh, really? Cool. Yeah. That's kind of yeah. cool. That is really cool. I good was just movie. Gonna... Yeah, really good movie. That's a Stephen King one, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I have no idea why he wrote those books. I guess he was just feeling it and decided yeah. to go for it. But At first, you were saying he only used the letter E. I thought it was just going to be like, E, E, E. It's like the dolphin memes. All right, Ev, what do you got for us? So, during the 100 Years' War, King John of Bohemia led a charge at the Battle of Cressy in the, ba- or, excuse me, in the year of 1346. He was put in charge of the left line of French forces and, like I mentioned, led a pivotal charge during the battle. The question is, what was King John's ailment? A. He was paralyzed. B. He was blind. C. He was a leper. Or D, he had one arm. I'm going to go with one arm. I'm saying one arm as well. Oh. Blind. The correct answer was he was blind. Damn it! (laughs) So this king of... Strike it out today. (laughs) This king of Bo... Did you not get a single one, right? (laughs) It's a struggle bus today. Yeah. But yeah, so King John of Bohemia was put in charge of the left side of the French charge. Uh, left side, the entire left flank of all the troops. So keep in mind, there's only two sides, left and right. And this blind man was put in charge of the entire left side, half the army. And at one point, he ordered a charge to the English line, and the English were uphill. And he had 
several other knights, like I believe it's like two or three other knights, tie their horses together to his so like he could be part of the action and like charge in with the troops. That's which awesome. <laughs> you got you gotta admit it's pretty pretty brave. However, he and all of his men were massacred during the charge. Yeah. Because they were not coordinated at all. Well, and you're going yeah. uphill. Like, yeah. good luck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like a very badass moment of history, but at the same time, just kind of hilarious. I just love no this. offense to... I'm not trying to be rude, but just given the context of having a blind man lead you into battle in a very, like, visual type of battle i don't know how to say this without it's, being a dick it's funny evan it's yes. funny. i just wanted to know how <laughs> i got to the position the, okay. yeah. the source oh my god apparently all documentation says that he was just swinging randomly like in front <laughs> of him for the entire charge until he got someone and they just kept on like hacking and slashing and yeah. whacking and i picture like a holy grail Oh, yeah, and then I just picture him saying "charge," but like pointing the opposite the wrong direction. Way. <laughs> My liege, turn around. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to know how it got to the point where he was in a position in the military. Well, first of all, why did he join the military if he was blind? Second of all, how did he get to the position in the military where he was able to lead troops? So it's because of like he was a king. Oh, um, he was a king. I yeah, thought he was sorry. just like a general. Yeah, sorry. No, he was one of the kings, and he did not want to be left out. But she got him. I respect that. I mean, overcoming ailments. Kind of. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, technically, he. No, he didn't. (laughs) Let's let's just leave it at badass, but also very funny. A for effort. Yes. Hey, gold stars for this king. That's so funny. (laughs) Just keep. I can't stop picturing it. (laughs) Just stand like swinging. Oh man. All right. Well. As I said, we've got a lot of stuff to try and cover today, and we'll try and do this as orderly as possible so that you guys can actually glean something from this episode, but I just want to preface this by saying, like, I know this comes out on a Monday morning, but maybe wait till you get home from work, sit down with some drinks, like, <laughs> like if you smoke, just light up a joint or something, like, get into a different headspace, because this one's going to be a lot of nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> we can all do it together on our twitch channel <laughs> <laughs> so yeah just like really sit down and like let yourself get taken away by this random nonsense information about the hollow earth theory so i used a ton of different sources for this and i don't remember all of them but some of the main ones that i used buzzfeed did a video on youtube on it i went to the hollow earth subreddit which was just a mistake uh, and I listened to a bunch of old Coast to Coast AM yes, episodes yes. that someone was like a legend and put on Spotify. So I listened to a few of those. AtlasObscura.com has a good article. And then there's one section of this that I use a website called IntoTheLight.News. So oh, <laughs> bet there's only news there. <laughs> <laughs> all news all the time. Wow. <laughs> um, I also did, um, I don't know why I was like, I also did some research. I also I did things too. <laughs> I also did the homework. <laughs> Uh, my sources are hollowearthresearch.org, and it's as biased as that sounds, as well as the University of Alaska Fairbanks, the Geophysical Institute. I had a really good article about it. So. Sweet. I used Wikipedia. 
and from <laughs> for my knowledge <laughs> there you go and from wikipedia probably like 70 other ones yeah, yeah. so beat that <laughs> i was talking to evan before you guys got here and it's like one of my favorite things about this on like proponent websites for the hollow earth theory is they just say a bunch of stuff and don't give any context for what that stuff means so if i'm reading through this article i gotta be like now I got to go look up what that is. And yeah. then I got to go like three lines down. And it's like, okay, now I got to know what this means. And it was just a, a bunch of offshoot stuff. A bunch of technical jargon. Yeah, literally. <laughs> and a lot of documentaries on YouTube with really small text and a lot of words. <laughs> so, like the documentary was literally just text? Yeah, it was like a bunch of like YouTube stock music with graphics of Hollow Earth stuff. And then a bunch of walls of text. And then they would input like old video from like polar explorations in there randomly and stuff they're like this was shot in 1786 before a camera was even invented oh man it It was photoshopped as well it's a trip man (laughs) so the hollow earth theory much like the flat earth theory is a conspiracy that the spinning rock that we live on hides many secrets from us the biggest of which being how the earth is set up geologically Whether it is a pancake or an empty ball, thousands of people aren't buying what mainstream science is selling. Hollow Earth theory has become more popular recently due to its appearance in movies like Godzilla vs. Kong, but is very far from a new idea. Starting in the 1600s, the concept for a cavernous globe has far from disappeared. Book after book has been written on the topic spanning from scientific to spastic. The history is a bit all over the place, but our goal is to get a consistent timeline as well as an explanation of the theory to the best of our ability without getting too in the weeds. So, And those weeds are big. <laughs> it's, it's a forest of weeds that you can get into with yeah, this. Yeah, we all brought our machetes to kind of chop these bad boys down. So we're going to do our best, our best effort at trying to explain this for you guys. But there's plenty of stuff out there for you to do research on your own if you want to be as... Mm, Putting brained as I am from doing all this research. Yeah, a lot of this reading is just. Well, I don't. I won't spoil anything. But yeah, it's very much you read it and then you just kind of take a second. It's like, what even? What was? Why? Like I text, twenty minutes of like two hours of my life. I texted these guys in our group chat earlier this week, and I just said, like said my brain is starting to mush trying to understand <laughs> all this stuff because I was just immersed in alien and hollow earth stuff for the entire past like week and a half trying to figure this stuff out and it makes no more sense than it did the first day i started so (laughs) anyways to explain the modern hollow earth theory as simply as we can believers state that the earth's crust is allegedly around 800 miles thick damn three seas it is composed of sediments granite basalt and plastic basalt which i don't know what that is but those are the primary elements according to a graphic that i found on the hollow earth subreddit <laughs> the north so i have a question quick question are you going to be reading this like as fact for a i'm little bit? going to be reading it as what i researched i'm okay. not going to really take a side one way or another yeah i'll let you guys do that if you want but i'm Fabulous. just going to try and get this information out as yeah. clearly as i can <laughs> okay so i don't want a bunch of people to come yelling at me because yeah, i like... posted on the subreddit now people are gonna come find it oh, oh no. no did you drop the name no thank god yeah. i just said i'm researching for the podcast can people give me like the best starter links for this oh, so nice. i got some good information from those links as far as like pros hollow earth theory stuff 
But there's one guy that just kept messaging me trying to sell me his book. And I was just like, I knew this was going to happen when I posted it here. And now it's happening. And I regret my decision. Is he selling it for $1.50? And is it written on napkins? I was very tempted because it's only $3 on Kindle. And I was it was only like 55 pages. So I was like, I really want to download this and try and figure out what they're talking about. But I didn't do it because I didn't have time. But anyways, half of the planet is taken up by surface weight and the rest is taken up by what is inside that 800-mile crust. The North and South Poles supposedly have giant holes on them, which are entrances into the center of the Earth, as well as a series of caves that can take you there as well. Inside the shell of the surface is a land complete with its own central sun and ecosystem. The sun itself is divided by day and night sides, which don't know how that makes sense, but I didn't look into it. This land, known by many names across time periods such as Agartha or Hades, is the supposed home to an advanced race of humans living in technologically marvelous cities. Alongside these humanoids, there are also all types of large animals and unique species of plants. It is proposed that this advanced civilization are responsible for a good amount of the UFO sightings that we have here on the surface. And many modern-day researchers have volunteered to go to the North Pole to find these entrances, whether to prove or disprove their hypotheses. But to this day, nobody is known to have been able to make the trip unless you believe one of the men that we will talk about later. Um, this always reminds me of... Evan, I know you played Skyrim. Did oh, you ever yeah. go to Blackreach? This reminds Yeah. I hate that fucking place. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I honestly have like seven weeks of my life in that game, probably. <laughs> But just one thing that I think, like, you read over that people just may not have caught, they believe that there's an entire sun inside of our Earth, and then our sun is just the outside sun. Yeah. And the whole, the whole idea behind that is, as far as I could tell from what I listened to and watched and read, is that they think that because they think since it's hollow that the Earth spinning as fast as it is pushed all of the sediment out to the outside, forming the crust of the earth, and then all of the densest stuff formed in the middle, which is that sun. And that's where they get the inside earth hollow or hollow earth sun from. It's the densest material just formed in the middle as everything else spun out to the outside. But don't they realize that a sun is on fire? You would, right. And it's hot. No, it's got a day and night side, though. So, like, so I'm, I'm, I'm like, just imagining this thing is split directly down the middle, and one side's a moon and one side's a sun. That's exactly yeah. like that's all I can think about when I think of that. Because I don't know what half sun, half or half day, half night sun means. It's like they don't want to to admit the like the existence of magma. It's like yeah, there's some like really hot stuff in the middle of the Earth. Magma. <laughs> <laughs> no, Evan. And like just put in perspective, like the sun, our sun. Billions of miles away is so hot. So theoretically, the sun inside of the Earth would have to be. No, 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 no. You're thinking too logically. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but that's my best baseline description that I could think of for what modern hollow Earth theory is. So I just wanted to give all of you at home a, an idea of what this concept is before we really get into the history of it. And when you say modern what are we considering modern of just like the current subreddits or are we considering, cause I know, and I know you'll get into it of like even pres U S presidents. 
thinking about hollow earth and wanting to send people to the North Pole. Like what are I guess what are we considering modern? I would say the the most modern theory kind of came around probably the early 1900s, like mid 1900s. Uh, Admiral Byrd, who we'll talk about later, is the one that kind of gave most of the hollow earth tropes that we have now. That He was kind of the one that proposed a lot of those ideas, and I think that's where a lot of it is based around nowadays, or at least from what I found, what a lot of modern believers in this theory go off of. But yeah, there is a whole series of different ideas that led up to this current one. And of course, like I said, there's ancient civilizations that had different mostly like mythological based like ideas of a hollow earth or an inner world basically and i know evan said that he's got some research on stuff like that so as we go maybe he can go into that a little more but anyways the beginnings of this theory as i just mentioned start with a lot of ancient cultures speaking of the inner world beneath the surface of the planet so everywhere from the greeks the native americans as well as tibetan buddhist monks show all also some sort of mythological land where most of the time it's where the souls of the dead are usually said to reside uh but there's other theories that there's giant lakes of fire or dinosaurs or a whole host of different things and evan if you want to kind of get into some of those a little more yeah one interesting point just that just i love pointing out parallels throughout history it ranges, like Jacob said, from Greeks, from the Celtic mythology, from in like tribes in India, um, also like ancient Mexican tribes, uh, such as the their oh my god uh, Aztecs. Holy cow, that's what, <laughs> kind of a big one. That one's that one's on me. I just blanked like crazy. Uh, from the Russians, from the Iroquois, all of these different ancient peoples had myths that basically said that there was an entrance. Not only to, in most cases, or in some cases, it was to, there were like entrances to hell. Yeah. But there were actual, excuse me, there were actual like entrances to get inside of the earth. And like there was actual people down there. There was actual stuff that supported the hollow earth theory, which is super interesting because, I mean, just those parallels throughout history a lot of different cultures of people who probably haven't met in hundreds of thousands of years had these same theories. So, I mean, it almost gives it a little bit of, I won't call it credence, but it gives it a little bit of support. It's just the fact that a lot of different people from different parts of the earth said that either it's possible or like their origins were actually from like the North Pole or the South Pole. Which is where the alleged entrance is. Yeah. And, like, to piggyback on that a little bit, like, what you said about, like, all these cultures and peoples have, like, the same idea. It's kind of just how humans work, though, I feel like sometimes. Like, everyone all kind of thinks the same. I was just going to say, bit, this, you know this kind of I mean? sounds like me as a child, because I remember my first time ever flying when I was going to Disney World with my family. I went up to my parents and I asked, so how close are we to heaven? Because I always thought that heaven was like above the clouds, so it was somewhere that I could go visit like physically. So I feel like that's just kind of like a collective, like one of those collective subconscious things that people as a whole probably especially back then had before we had all this scientific information that we have now just kind of saying like hell is a place that you can physically go to so it would definitely be below your feet if you're thinking heaven's above right. hell below 
am I mixing up Greek and Christianity stories? But isn't there one where in Christianity in the Bible they they go down to get someone's lover? Mm, that's that, Greek. That's Greek. That is Greek. Yeah, yeah, I believe that's Tragic. Hercules. It's either there's also no. That's the movie. You're thinking about the movie. There's also a Norse myth that follows that same storyline. I believe. Right, so. where it's like they're not supposed to turn around. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But just uh, to backtrack a little bit about just how these different tribes and different peoples from across the world uh, thought or how they viewed the hollow quote unquote Earth or just Earth in general. Um, in South America, um, a tribe that lived around the Parima River in Brazil actually believed that their ancestors in old times emerged from underground and that numerous ancestors actually are still there. And in the same vein, uh, the Iroquois um, actually believed that there was a world inside of the earth, as well as the Hopi Indians believed that there was an actual entrance to get into the center of the earth through the Grand Canyon. And I don't know if we're going to be talking about the different proposed entrances into the Hollow Earth, so we'll get to that later. Yeah. But just again, draw that there's so many different cultures based on the facts or excuse me based on the idea that they came from the ground yeah. it's also interesting like with christianity uh adam was made from dirt right so parallels uh, throughout history everything that i listened to like the coast to coast episodes and stuff they brought up it's called mel's hole and they kept bringing that up so i looked up what it was and basically Mel's hole is just this hole that supposedly has no end that some guy named Mel found. And so now it's called Mel's hole, but it's apparently just an endless hole that you can drop something and you'll never hear it hit the bottom kind of thing. Hmm. So everyone talked about that as like an example of an entrance to the hollow earth or right. so, like something like where that. Is it? I don't remember exactly where it is. It's somewhere in the U S I believe, but yeah, like everyone, that's, that's another example though of people, bringing up something, not explaining what it is, and then well, just going on. That's also my favorite, like, with all conspiracy theories, is that, like, with aliens and all these things, like, why is America so special? Like, everything happens in the United States. <laughs> it's like... New world, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, good times. So, as I kind of brought up, in my opinion at least, the those beginning messages were kind of more metaphorical than literal in like the religious aspects i mean to them maybe they believed it at the time but i also believe it was just kind of a a metaphor for hell and heaven in religion and it wasn't until the 17th century when the famous astronomer and mathematician edmund haley who is famous for haley's comet suggested that there may be some truth to those old legends and in 1692 Haley was searching for a way to explain the fact that true north and magnetic north don't particularly line up. So he went across the world to different locations, mapping different compass readings along the way to get a more accurate map of magnetic north. And he found that the magnetic field did indeed vary slightly over time. So he wanted to search for a reason as to why this was. And he figured that something underground must be moving and causing this shift. And in this, he was partially correct. So the final theory that he came up with at the time was that the Earth was partially hollow and contained a series of shells that were nested and they each had different magnetic poles and spun in opposite directions of each other as they went down, 
thus affecting the magnetic field and making that magnetic north very slightly as it went. He even posited that the gaps between those shells could possibly have their own luminous atmosphere of some type that could support life. And at the time, it wasn't possible for him to go and look, so he didn't know whether he was correct or not, but his idea kind of was the starting point for a lot of different iterations for this theory to come. So he was the first to suggest, one, that the Earth is hollow, and also that there is probably some sort of atmosphere that could support life below the surface. So wasn't he too, and this might have been somebody else too, but wasn't he the one that suggested that um, the Northern Lights like was the cause of like the light in the hollow earth? Was that yeah, him? so his idea was that there was some sort of effect inside of the earth from the op- like some sort of opening where either gas was escaping, causing this effect to happen in the sky with the aurora borealis, or that there was some sort of light source inside of that that was causing a reflection off of uh, like the ozone layers and stuff like that causing it. So there's different stuff that he had ideas for, but a lot of it was just kind of like throwing around, like throwing stuff at the wall to see what stuck, basically. Yeah, and it's it's kind of crazy too because uh, how do you pronounce it? Halley, Haley, Haley. He did a lot for like astronomical. Oh, he was stuff, very and smart. He predicted a comet like it was a hundred years later or something like and that. And he worked with Isaac Newton to yeah. write his like premier piece and stuff like that, the La Principia or whatever it's called. So he was this very smart guy, so people took what he said seriously. And like I said, he was on the right track. There is there is a reason why the, the magnetic and true north don't line up, and it is something moving underneath the Earth, but we'll get to that a little later. I wonder if, like, if he heard about what his theory became today, if he's just pissed. Cause yeah, it's so, really. Like, back then, like, in the 60s, you said 1600s? Yeah, 1692. Like, it's so based in science. It's so based. Mm-hmm. Like, it, he was correct, and, like, we're about to talk about it, and it's very much based in the scientific method. And now people are like, nah, giants and dinosaurs. Yeah. Lizard people. Lizard people. So... After Haley and a few other mathematicians and scientists proposed different developments and changes to the hollow earth idea along the way, ditching the shells theory for one giant cavern with an inner sun, one man proposed and published this theory in writing. The man, named John Cleve Sims Jr., was born in Sussex County, New Jersey in 1780 to Timothy and Mercy Sims. He was named after his uncle, John Cleve Sims, who was famous for founding the city of Cincinnati. Uh, in 1808, John Cleve Sims Jr. married Miss, Mrs. Mary Ann Lockwood, a widower uh, from her husband died, I believe, in one of the wars, while he was stationed at Fort Adams, inheriting her six children from her previous marriage alongside his four children. <laughs> in 1812, John was ordered to join the army of General Brown on the northern frontier of the War of 1812, where he was commended for his skill and bravery. That poor woman was left alone with 10 kids. Yeah, yep. <laughs> oh, my God. And I don't really, they don't say where his four kids came from, because I believe this was his first marriage, so he just had four kids Infidelity. <laughs> hanging out. <laughs> Unless he had them with her, but I believe, like, the article that I read made it sound like he just already had four kids, just added them. Saint of a woman. Yeah, honestly. So he received an honorable discharge from the army in 1815 and began trading with Fox Indians under a special license from the governor of Missouri. 
And just under three years later, Sims printed a pamphlet called Circular Number One, in which he claimed that the Earth was hollow. So, printed on April 10th, 1818, the pamphlet quoted, To all the world, I declare the Earth is hollow and habitable within, containing a number of solid, concentric spheres, one within the other, and that it is open at the poles at 12 or 16 degrees. I pledge my life in support of this truth, and am ready to explore the hollow if the world will support and aid me in this undertaking. So... Boo, nerd! (laughs) (laughs) I love it because it's just basically him printing a pamphlet and saying, guys, look. Look at this. (laughs) I'm so glad that you went over his background because what are your credentials, sir? Yeah. You, you... What? Where did you get that? Because every every article basically summarizes him as being a veteran of the war 1812 and a traitor. And one of them said, like, an unsuccessful traitor. So I was like, I want to do a little more digging onto this guy to see, like, where he came from to how he got to the Hollow Earth. Because basically it just says he gets discharged, starts trading, and then three years later has this idea. I never even thought about, like, the credentials part of it. I just like, oh, yeah, they're... Like John Sims. I think he just got bonked in the head in the war. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, he probably took like a, I don't know. Well, and also now I'm imagining him, 10 kids at home, his wife taking care of all of them, and he's just sitting in like this old study room in this really small house, just pegboard, like whatever the early <laughs> did yeah. version of a pegboard with yard, like yeah. yarn and the all that stuff is. What was his wife's name? Do we ever? Uh, Mary Ann Lockwood was her maiden name. So Mary, not now. I'm proving all the scientists <laughs> wrong. <laughs> so he goes on in this circular number one to state that he has proofs of his theory and that he wishes to dedicate this new world that he's going to go find to his wife and ten children. Yeah. So <laughs> at least they got a dedication. <laughs> I won't take care of them, but look what I did. I'll do nothing to support you guys. But hey, Dad, it'd be sick if you were here. But do your thing, King. <laughs> So he seems to have been much more ambitious in his beliefs because he goes on to close the circular by saying, I ask 100 brave companions well-equipped to start from Siberia in the fall season with reindeer and sleighs on the ice of the frozen sea. So he wanted to take a full-ass expedition to the North Pole to find the opening that he spoke of and prove to the world that his idea was correct. Why would you go in the fall? It's cold. (laughs) Hey, man, he's the one with the ideas here. (laughs) Evan's got the look of his on his face of every time I looked at an article. Just absolute lost. Please tell me he's using 12 reindeer. Let him be Santa. I, I know. I love that he specifies that they're going to use reindeer and sleighs. Just the best. And he's choosing Siberia to start. I don't understand that part. A lot of places or a lot of people that are talking about were or were talking about doing like modern expeditions all start in Russia. I just think it's like you can probably get off of the northern coast of Siberia and you'll be closer in vicinity to the North Pole. Oh, so sure. less that of a trek. And let's talk about the 100 friends. Yeah. I don't even 100 brave companions. Right. <laughs> Jesus Jesus only had 12 disciples, yeah. so point John Sims. I want to see how many actually came to him and were like, "I'm ready." Yeah. <laughs> I will give my life for It's like the this. whole town in yeah. 1818. <laughs> Everyone just died in the war, John. <laughs> the economy is bust because John's taking them to the North Pole. Yeah. <laughs> so he continues. The stock market just crashed. <laughs> like, we got to get out of here. I have, 10, I have 10 miles of feet. I need to go to the North Pole. I got to get out of this house. So he I can, can't trade for shit. He, 
He continues in his pamphlet and says, I engage that we will find warm and rich land stocked with thrifty vegetables and animals, if not men. (laughs) (laughs) So he had the whole idea that he was going to find people there. So he was real raring and ready to go. I love the use of thrifty. Yeah, I know. If not men. The language that he uses is just so good in this. Sims kept that concentric sphere theory that Haley had originally suggested, but added the the holes at the North and South Pole, which would later become synonymous with his name, known as Sims Holes. And he also followed the lead that the interior would be habitable and support life. So he's taken a lot of what Haley had said and kind of just retrofitting it a little bit to what he wants to believe and then adding a little bit of detail and saying, I'm going to go actually find it versus Haley, who just was theorizing all this. Hmm. So so this is where a lot of the modern-day stuff started, and then there will be another guy that we'll talk about who I mentioned earlier, Richard Bird, who gave this whole new aspect to this theory. Uh, Sims' theory was met with quite a bit of skepticism and criticism. Whoa, shocker. (laughs) From the public and scientific communities, but Sims pushed on. Eventually rallying enough people behind him, Sims was able to get all the way to Congress in 1822 to have them vote on funding for his expedition to the North Pole. The grant was, no surprise, shot down. However, John Cleve Sims Jr. never stopped campaigning for his theory until he passed away in 1849. So he was at it for 31 years. Is this when John Quincy Adams, like the president at the time, is this the like expedition that he wanted to approve? I don't know. I so I didn't I have did, a name associated with it, but <clears throat> excuse me. So John Quincy Adams, I believe, is actually one of my trivia questions not too long ago. I was on that episode, I believe. You were. I think I was. Yeah, yeah, you were. Um. So yes. So in the early 1820s, Sims and some followers uh, lobbied Congress, and do do do. Sorry, I just had to Google this uh, in real time. So like President John Quincy Adams did approve the mission it obviously didn't get through congress but also andrew jackson uh who became the president after uh jqa yeah andrew jackson thumbs down boo andrew jackson sucks make the 20 dollar bill harriet tubman <laughs> side side note um andrew jackson uh shot it down good <laughs> yeah i mean it, okay i will get <laughs> one point for aj and uh like about like a billion lives. Out there. <laughs> I will give uh, Quincy Adams a little bit of credit for wanting to do this just because polar exploration would have been a really big achievement in general at that time period. So just funding something to push to go north would be a good idea. But mm-hmm. at the time, it just would have been so tough, especially with the technology as far as like ships and everything went because... They didn't have planes yet, so it's not like they could fly there. So it would have been all on land and sea, so it would have been real tough. I wonder like, if the general public had like a big push to, like, hey, let's go find this out. Kind of like in the 70s or 80s like with us trying to get to the moon first before the Soviets. If it was kind of like that same fervor to you know find and discover this. That's just like personal curiosity. Yeah. I have no idea. Well, at the time, and you think of Andrew Jackson's time was... Um, American like 
colonialism and where's mm-hmm. the push out west so i'm sure if they right, hear right. about earth or like earth land that could be taken <laughs> let's go take wait, it wait hold on you're what? saying america wanted to take land from people all right here's the okay <laughs> if any hollow earthers are listening let's just say that there's oil in this bad bitch yeah. <laughs> we are down there we'll be down there with everything we got <laughs> but yeah alex makes a really good point and i i forgot to write it in my notes but this was the time of like expansionism in the uh north america and the colonies and stuff so it, it, this was like a huge like thing was just expanding to everywhere Mm-hmm. And what's a bigger place to expand to than inside of the earth? So. Right. They heard, oh, there's people to to, to conquer. There, there's stuff down there? Hmm. there. There's things. There's exotic plants. Thrifty. Thank men. You. <laughs> <laughs> if not men. Um, so one thing, I forget his name, um, but it was more modern. But this was like during the Cold War era. And to convince people that like his ideas for this hollow earth theory... Um, was to convince people that the Russians were thinking about drilling. Yeah. So that's what got people on board is competing with people. Scare tactics. Russia. So Sim's followers continue to push for his works and expand on them, some even branching into new ideas. And one man in particular named Cyrus Teed proposed that the entire universe was actually on the inside of the shell and we were living on the inside of the hollow earth. So his idea was that the universe was just a reflection of some strange solar mechanism that we were seeing on the inside of the hollow shell. So his ideas eventually gained him enough followers that he started a small cult called the Koreshian Unity. So he renamed himself Koresh long before the David Koresh of Waco fame and established a community in Florida in 1894 but the group largely broke up after T died in 1908. So it's just kind of amazing how many people are actually into these ideas that these people just kind of flew off the handle and were like, Earth's hollow. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. I'm in. (laughs) Why are you yelling? (laughs) Yeah, it's like him drunk at a bar. It's like, um, what was well? He hopefully, his, oh, oh, sorry to interrupt. Hopefully, yeah. this past Saturday, none of us tried to start a cult. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, that was pretty close. So, um, what's what's his name? I know he named his uh, Cyrus Teed. Yeah. So, did you hear how he got the idea for it? I didn't. So apparently, he was a I don't know if he was a pharmacist or he was just some general practitioner, but he was messing around with. Uh, so he was high as fuck. And no, uh, <laughs> he was. Zipping a double to, cup. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he was trying to convert lead or something like that into gold with electricity. Oh, alchemy. Yeah. And he elect- apparently he thinks he's, he got pushed back and he thought he died and saw an angel or a god speak to him. But people think he was just electrocuted. And he was weird since that day, I guess. <laughs> and did you hear how it ended? Mm-mm. And uh, as a fight, it was a fight in front of a grocery store with, I don't know, Koreshians. <laughs> the Koreshian. Yeah, Koreshian or, or whatever, Kar- fighting Karash. these yeah, this okay. mob that was pissed at them because they thought they were going to take over um, politics. <laughs> and apparently the, the cop that was watching it kind of let it happen. And apparently Koresh, or whatever his name is, got punched in the face like five times. <laughs> and that led to his downfall, I guess. I just love the fact that it's settled in Florida, too, where like now Florida oh. is just a land of debauchery and craziness. This so. was actually the birth of Florida, man. <laughs> Literally. 
So even though him and Sims both had crazy ideas, they both ended up on their own monuments dedicated to their works. Teed has one in Florida, and Sims has one in Ohio. But around the same time, author Jules Verne wrote his hit book, A Journey to the Center of the Earth, in which he wrote about a world inside of our own that was inhabited by everything from dinosaurs to advanced civilizations and aliens. This, along with other fantasy and science fiction works, became the breeding ground for a lot of modern hollow earth tropes. And these tropes would only be enforced further when when Admiral Richard Byrd came onto the scene. So Richard E. Byrd was a U.S. naval officer, pioneer aviator, and polar explorer. He served in World War I with the Navy and began his polar career in 1924. In 1946, Admiral Richard Byrd was sent out to Antarctica in charge of a project known as High Jump. The goal of this project was to set up an American base of operations there due to fears of a Russian nuclear attack over the North Pole, but was disguised as a training mission for soldiers to get experience for cold weather missions even though we have other places other than Antarctica that you could do cold weather training in. Yeah, it's literally 30 degrees in, yeah. like, Wisconsin now. You could like, just, like, go to Alaska. <laughs> yeah, we have places there. in the U.S. to do this. Alaska just doesn't have sun for months. Yeah. Like, you can find other ways. But this is where all of the Cold War craziness comes in, where people are scared that Russia is going to start attacking. So they had to disguise this. But Bird was sent out with 13 ships... Anywhere from 23 to 25 aircraft and 4,700 men. This was a big big expedition. This is something that I'm glad, like, if I was at this time to be a woman, so I didn't have to be signed up for this bullshit. Could you imagine signing up for the Navy and you're like, oh, I have to go to Antarctica? Yeah. Sounds terrible. Getting that kind of deployment, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be, like, in a ship in the Caribbean. Yeah. Yeah. I'm and going to where now? <laughs> being in the army from like 19, like, well, from the beginning of World War II to like 1970, just seems like you get signed up for a lot of real garbage stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he was sent out with all these men, and there's also an alleged purpose of finding the German base 211, which was a supposed base established by the Nazis in order to find a place known as Neuschwabenland. So this land was apparently home to fresh water, ice-free areas, and vegetation. And one German Navy Grand Admiral, Karl Dennitz, claimed to have built an impregnable fortress for Hitler here. And Evan, I believe you have a little more information on this. Yeah, so the main sources uh, for this comes from actual speeches that Admiral Dennitz Yeah. Uh, said while addressing like different sailors in front of German U-boats in 1944. But I also read that these are just like all supposed. No one knows if these actually were said. <laughs> Literally, every like the site I'm looking at right now, it says the exact sense, pretty much the exact sense that I just said, and it also says like source needed. Allegedly, <laughs> uh, basically, yeah. There's a lot of allegedly in this. <laughs> so allegedly, this admiral said the German submarine fleet boasts of having created an invisible stronghold. Invisible stronghold for the Fuhrer anywhere around the globe. Being like, I'm not going to tell you all where it is. (laughs) Yeah. You have to find out. And then he also, during the Nuremberg trials, which if you're not familiar, was basically when we uh, told the Nazis that they did a lot of bad stuff and that they were going to die for it. 
timeout for the Nazis. Yes. A permanent right. timeout. <laughs> yes. Uh, he mentioned a hidden stronghold in the middle of eternal ice. Yeah, and I one of the Coast to Coast episodes that I listened to, he talks about this because he talks uh, – his name was Jan Lamprecht, and he wrote a book that I'll talk about a little later. But he talks a lot about, like, early polar expeditions and – like there's one thing he talks about called Crockerland and another called Bradley Land, which are different episodes that we could probably do on their own. But basically, there is a lot of talk of different islands off of the coast of like Greenland and Norway in between there and the Arctic Circle. And basically, they said you couldn't see them if you flew over, but you could see them if you basically took a boat there or you could see it from land if you were in close enough vicinity. And the idea was that similar to Green or uh, Iceland, which is like habitable and doesn't have a bunch of ice, it's because they have a ton of like hot springs and geysers and stuff. So the idea is that this island, since it's so close to the Arctic Circle, has a lot of those warm water springs and geysers, thus hitting the colder air and shrouding it in fog. So this is basically Skull Island. Oh, so, yeah. So that's kind of where I, I believe that idea probably came from as far as, like, the modern Skull Island in Kong and stuff. Well, mm-hmm. also those islands in, in Skull Island were surrounded by constant tornadoes and hurricanes, right. too. So, so it, that, that's the idea here is that if you were flying over, you wouldn't really see it. You would just see it as, like, a sea fog. But if you were on the ground and you could see below the fog or, like, through a gap in the fog, that you would be able to see this. And that's, I believe, kind of what this is talking about with this nazi base is like Mm -hmm. we found this hidden land shrouded in mystery and this is a dumb question because i keep mixing it up in my brain antarctica is south and our art we're talking about the arctic which is north yeah i keep mixing up in my north pole is what we're Ah. i believe so another thing with uh richard bird yeah um he actually did go on an expedition to both uh the north pole and the south pole i believe yeah, he so because he, he did a lot of expedition before Operation High Jump. Yeah, he started in twenty four, so he had like over twenty years before he did all of this for the uh, Navy. Right, so, so that's where it can get confusing too. So and he laid claim to being like the first guy to actually go to the North Pole. Yeah, but there's a lot of people that say that his diary was just a falsified document and that he actually told people that he was working with at the time that he got within like hundred fifty miles of like the actual polar ice cap and then had to turn around because he was running out of fuel. Yeah. So, so he was like close enough. Yeah. (laughs) So there's a debate on whether he actually was or whether there is another guy after him that did. So anyways, regardless of its purposes for the opera project high jump, Admiral Richard Byrd did indeed go to the Arctic to explore in 1946. He is now referred to as by some as one of the greatest polar explorers in history, and he apparently found something extraordinary while on a flight over the North Pole, which, as is the topic of the episode, he found the Hollow Earth. Or the Spear of Destiny. Could be. <laughs> the Nazis were there. Mm-hmm. So his supposed diary was uncovered later on, allegedly a log of his flight into the inner Earth world. Hollow Earth Research Society, otherwise known as HERS. The director, Danny L. Weiss, claims to have been given this diary by a man named Ritter von Eck in 1984. 
The validity of this document is debated today, as is everything with this. But in this diary, I'm going to summarize it because it's quite a long log of different things. But Bird claims to have written in the diary in secret because he believes the powers that be would not allow him to tell his story. He states, There comes a time when the rationality of men must fade into insignificance, and one must accept the inevitability of the truth. I am not at liberty to disclose the following documentation at this writing. So, the first half, the first half dozen entries are nothing really noteworthy. It's just bearings on his flight and different radio transmissions. But eventually... Bird writes that his magnetic and gyro compasses both begin to gyrate and wobble and his controls are slowed down. And shortly after this entry, he claims to see a mountain range and encounters strong turbulence. After crossing the threshold of this supposed mountain range, a green valley with small rivers comes into view and a great forest growing on the back of the mountain slope. So he decides to descend into this valley, and as he does, he begins to see animals, and he names one in particular, a mammoth. Came up with it on the spot. (laughs) (laughs) He claims his plane's controls stopped responding, and it was taken over by an outside force, and a city appeared along with some disc-shaped aircraft with... Anyone want to guess what mark was on the side of it? Nazis. A thumbs up. (laughs) Good old swastikas. A voice comes over his radio and welcomes him, telling them that he was, he was, they were prepared for him to come, basically. So these escorts of his are controlling his ship and guide him down, taking him to a crystal city. He is given what he calls a warm beverage unlike any he's had before, and he is taken to see the quote-unquote master. So he walks into the most beautiful room he's ever seen, and the quote-unquote master tells Admiral Byrd about their in- this civilization's interest in humans since the atomic bombs were dropped on Japan. He names what their aircraft are called, which are called f- flugel rods, <laughs> and the master says that they were sent to warn the surface world, but their ships were fired upon, so they came back, and Admiral Byrd is now their communique to the surface world to save humanity by bringing them to the hollow earth before it is destroyed. Then he gets escorted back to the surface, returns to base, and is told, and he relays this all to his superiors a couple of years later, and is told by them to never speak of it again. So from the podcast I just listened to today, he like he actually did go on this expedition and up until the point where he like sees these fake Nazis or whatever, apparently that whole diary is like ghost written. Like it's not actually him. And like because apparently in the diary, a lot of dates are wrong. A lot of information is wrong. I guess that's why that's why I said this is very contested right. whether it's a valid and anything. But. That's a very quick summary of what his diary says. If you want to read it for yourself, there's just Google Admiral Bird Hollow Earth Diary, and you can find plenty of different places that have it all logged. But it's kind of interesting. You mentioned the word flugelrod. That literally is like from like translating from German to English, it means paddle wheel. Really? Yeah. So I mean, UFOs. 
I mean, yeah, yeah. that's because well, we've talked about in the past how they were working on like the Bell UFO and stuff. So it's not a secret that Hitler and like the higher ups in the Nazi party were interested in like zero gravity technology mm-hmm. and a bunch of other very crazy esoteric information. So, I mean, Hitler was huge into the occult, as was a lot of his compadres in the Nazi party. They formed a whole society called the Thule Society mm-hmm. based on vril energy which is like this ancient energy that you can harness to make this advanced technology but Mm -hmm. he also really liked drugs oh yeah meth he was not a not a very smart guy like i read a comment on one of these videos it's just like hitler was a pretty smart guy so i think that these ideas could possibly be true i'm just like in what world is Hitler a smart guy? He was smart at getting people to listen to him. He, he was told a, the people what they wanted and then went with it. He was just then, good at public speaking. Right. Yeah, yeah, let's not mistake genius with charisma. Yeah. Like, those Completely are two different, different things. things. Yeah. As mentioned D&D earlier, charisma and intelligence are very separate categories. They are different skill trees. I'm not going to tell you all again. That's <laughs> what happens when I drink. I'm very charismatic, but... Very, very stupid. <laughs> uh, I'm hitting. No, nope, 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 absolutely not. Cut. Nope. Cut. Rewind. Edit cut it out. Edit it out. Nope. We're keeping it in. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. <laughs> so, as I mentioned earlier, Admiral Byrd, suppose his supposed diaries were a lot of modern Hollow Earthers based their ideas off of. So, now we're going to kind of go into more modern day. And there's still a good number of people today who believe in the hollow earth theory. And just for a reference, the hollow earth subreddit boasts almost 5,000 members. And there are no doubt anymore outside of just that sample size. And uh, some people have even volunteered to go there recently. uh, One being a man named Owen Egerton, who was a novelist and director. And there's another guy that I want to talk to you guys about. So, a few examples from Coast to Coast AM, which if you're not familiar with what Coast to Coast AM is, it's a early mor- or late night, early morning AM talk show uh, hosted previously by a man named Art Bell and now hosted by a man named George Norrie. And basically it was the first radio show that went into everything weird, like paranormal, aliens, uh, psychics, all that stuff. And someone put a bunch of the old episodes on Spotify as a podcast playlist. So I, I found two episodes on Hollow Earth that I, I listened to. And the first one I want to talk about is from, I believe, 2002. So it might be one of the fav- my favorite radio broadcasts that I've ever listened to because it was so funny. I played a clip of it for Evan earlier before you two got here. Mm-hmm. But Art Bell starts each show with like world news. So he starts off by talking about how the picture on his website for the day is a kitten in a jar. Aww. And he's like, it's Adorable. Exa- exactly what it sounds like. It's a kitten in a jar. <laughs> and then he talks about how he's going to this harvest festival because this was recorded in October of 2002. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to be at the harvest festival. There's going to be a bunch of different festivities, including a sexy leg competition. <laughs> That's and then the he- funniest shit. <laughs> and then he goes literally immediately from that into talking about, oh, there were a bunch of domestic terrorists arrested the other day. It's just like, what a change in tone immediately. Right. <laughs> Talking about legs to just 
Terrorists. And then he talks about how uh, there is a Congre- U.S. congressman who drank a bunch of what is called colloidal silver, which is a supposed like natural healing thing where if you have this colloidal silver, it's supposed to heal whatever ailments you have. And he talk- Art Bell goes, I tried some of the stuff. It was the most sick I ever got in my entire life. And then he talks about this congressman who drank a bunch of this colloidal silver and his skin turned blue. Oh, yeah, I have seen that, yeah. Literally turns the color blue. <laughs> so don't don't get colloidal silver, because there's still people that do that. Just like drinking bleach. Yeah. I'm blue. Nice. And then he goes to open line calls, and I, this is what I played for Evan. There's a guy that calls in and starts just immediately like ranting and raving to Art Bell, and Art goes... Oh, you must have gotten a new phone number. I didn't think we'd hear from you for a while. So this is a guy that he's been dealing with for a long time. And the guy goes, I need to tell you about the new revelations, Art. And she's like, what are the new revelations? What are these new commandments you're talking about? She's like, thou shalt not fornicate. Thou shalt not listen to rock and roll music. Thou shalt not masturbate. And Art lets this guy talk for like a good five minutes. And it's literally this this guy yelling at Art saying, like, you don't let me speak on this show, and I'm going to tell you what I have to say. Art Bell was a saint, man. He was, like, one of the best radio hosts. I don't know how he did it. The amount of patience. Honestly, it's insane. But that was just the start of the episode. The, the main portion of this episode was with his guest, whose name was Dallas Thompson. So an article from StrangerDimensions.com summarized this episode and Dallas Thompson's appearance pretty well. So I referred to that article for quotes and stuff like that that they had recorded. But uh, on October 4th, 2002, Art was joined by Dallas Thompson, who was 31 at the time. He was a former personal trainer turned Hollow Earth enthusiast. Dallas claimed that he was going to make a solo trip to the Hollow Earth in a mini helicopter through the hole at the North Pole. He would be followed by a film crew to document the process, as well as have a helmet cam for his own point of view. So all of this hollow earth stuff for Dallas started when he was in a nearly fatal car accident when he hydroplaned at 70 miles per hour in reverse off a cliff, which actually happened. There's photos of his car that you can find on Google. Just type in Dallas Thompson car accident and... It's going to be a couple pictures down. I looked him up, but like the entire top of his Honda was just crushed and somehow he survived. But How do you even get to 70 miles an hour going in reverse? Like he was driving forward and his car like spun around because it was raining and he went reverse off a cliff. Oh, sorry. I thought you meant like he just like threw that thing <laughs> That's in what reverse. Art, Art Bell goes, like... How are you? Why were you going 70 miles an hour in reverse? He's like, I hydroplaned off a cliff. Well, he doesn't answer for like three minutes because he just keeps going into other stuff. Right. And that's, if you ever like listen to this episode, Dallas Thompson is not very easy to get on topic. But, well, Sure, he has some head trauma. Granted, that his uh, no, 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 Honda no, was, no, 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 no. This is he's logic. got dimensional sight. So shut up. That is not what I'll, he's. Is this the guy that was from Hawaii? Is this the yeah? Because he, he talks about his he, Kahuna constantly. Yeah, and he said something that he predicted his car accident or something like that too. That's what I heard. He says that like the people in the Hollow Earth knew this was happening. Yeah, the or Kahuna. Something. Or that, that's when they reached out to me, and his mm. he's like, my Kahuna predicted his own death and yeah. stuff like that. But after his car accident, he said he had a 
he was pushed into a safe zone, is what he called it, and had a prophetic vision and his eyes opened to what his purpose was. His purpose was to discover the hollow earth in order to save some of the population from upcoming catastrophes in the world. And when Art Bell confronted him about the possible dangers of this mission, he said that he had already seen the people that lived inside the hollow earth and knew that he was going to be safe, and it was going to be similar to what Admiral Byrd had encountered on his journey, where they just usher him in. So one caller during open lines asked Dallas how he was positive of this and his reasoning, and I quote, I know because I know because I know. <laughs> Honestly, like, props for, like, way to be so stubborn about your stance that you just kind of dig in. It's like, I will this, not hear any other arguments at this time. I know. This guy's my favorite. He's It's so funny to listen to him. But another caller calls in and asks Dallas if he had read a certain book. I don't remember what the book was. And then a da- science book? I don't know. <laughs> and then Dallas drops the fact that he is legally blind. <laughs> which, which you stop it right which now. Which threw Art way off track. And Art Bell literally stops and he's just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold, hold on a second. Did you just say you're legally blind? And he just goes... Yes, but don't even worry. I'm confident because I have my dimensional sight and I know exactly what's going to happen. I know how this is going to go. So, does he blind when he went off the cliff? No. Or <laughs> he, he he asked him like <laughs> Art Bell asks him like three times like you're legally blind and he's just like yeah, technically I'm legally blind. But then he then he like backtracks. He's like, but it's only when I read. Everything else, is, and then he says my sight's better than it ever was. It's like. What are you talking about? You just got to open your third eye, Jacob. <laughs> but he literally says the word, I have my dimensional sight. Don't let this guy get in a helicopter. <laughs> Please. Hey, it was a solo mission. So if he's going down, he's going down on his own. <laughs> I just have so many. So he's legally blind. Yeah. <laughs> after he gets in an incredible car accident where the top like, of his car should, is just smushed. Should have 100%. Like Art Bell says, there's no way a human could have survived this. Like. He should have died 100%. He's seeing visions of, so Kahuna, just for the audience, it translates to sorcerer, magician, wizard, minister, etc. Yeah, it was like his mentor. Yeah. And so he's legally blind, and he wants to take on a trip to... Solo trip. A solo trip, And okay. a miniature helicopter. Well, I'm not going to believe any when he comes back from his trip. I'm not going to believe anything he has because he's blind. But he has a point of view camera on his head, right? Yeah, well, that's that's what he said. And like people were calling in saying, like, I'm an amateur reporter and I'll come with you on your trip and document it the whole way, like video cameras and news crews oh, gotcha. and stuff. So honestly, let him do it. Honestly, this was it, put him on Rob Deerdex, like ridiculous. Yeah, I don't care. Like I said, this is the, the most back. fun thing I've listened to in a while. But uh, nonetheless, disregarding his legally blind statement, Dallas Thompson was set on his mission, and he said that he had unknown sponsors who he didn't want to name behind him, giving him, as he said, quote, more money than they needed. (laughs) And he was confident and enthusiastic to venture inside the earth. So alas, uh, as far as we know, the trip never took place. Shocker. Uh, The last post on his website the Cosmic Manuscript Yahoo group was on December 29th, 2002, and that's pretty much the last that we hear from him. So he was going to go on the 
the the trip from what I heard, but apparently he just vanished like a month before. Yeah, he just, but he had all this freaking money. So what if he just he supposedly in? had all this money? Like, what if he was just getting backed by random like government? No. What if he's there right now? What if he just the what did you call it? Kahuna. What if the Kahuna was just like okay, the big Kahuna? We're like, just gonna. He I disappeared. Think I think it's more likely that he just had a brain aneurysm or yeah. something like. That does make the most sense, considering his Honda was crushed on his head. Yeah, because he was supposedly <laughs> going to go up. It was like it was like March or May of 2003. So the last we hear from him is like five months before that. And he said that he had like film crews and stuff going with him. So if he would have gone, we would have heard about it some way or another. Or they all went to the hollow earth and they're just living it up. Could be. With hey, honestly, if they're, in, if they're there right now. First off, uh, listen to our podcast and like and subscribe. They're living with the giant humanoids. <laughs> Good Which for we them. we haven't even mentioned that part. Yo, if they found that shit like, and they're just living it up, <laughs> tremendous. Yeah, we This did. world kind of stinks. <laughs> we didn't even mention can we go on? Can we go on like a search? Yeah, right. Earth? We didn't We're even mention the fact boy. that like everyone in the hollow earth is supposed to be like 20 feet tall and like all the creatures inside are supposed to be bigger. How? Oh, there's not enough room. They, right. I know, right? So it's just like incredibly cramped. They, well, because I guess the idea behind that is that gravity would be less effective inside the hollow earth, thus putting less pressure on people as they grow to make them be bigger. So that's the whole theory behind that. That, that sounds sense. like Gravity the pulls things down, so theoretically the closer you are, wouldn't you be... Right. I picture a little small people. But if you're inside, I watched a video by channel called minute physics and they say like if you were to like take a trip through a hole that was going all the way through the earth first of all you would smack into the wall the hole first because of the coriolis effect would drag you into the wall which means like the coriolis effect for those that don't know is the reason like if you're on a merry-go-round and you roll a ball across it curves versus going straight because of the force that pulls it one way so basically, if you jumped in with the Earth's rotation, it would just like curve you right into the wall, and you wouldn't make it like Splat. too far. But if you did somehow make it to the center, since all of the forces of gravity are pulling you outward at equal forces, you would basically just float. Because zero gravity, what up? Yeah. So because since everything's pulling you equal direct or equal force every direction, there wouldn't be one force pulling you down, up, or to either side at one or at a higher rate than another. So, huh. does make some sense, I guess. Yeah. So they can fly. Technically. Hmm. Like I believe I can fly. <laughs> but the second episode that I mentioned earlier was with a man named Jan Lamprecht. And Jan was like one of the only people that I listened to that actually kind of made sense because he wrote a book called Hollow Planets, A Feasibility Study of Possible Hollow Worlds. And so his whole idea with this book was to take this hollow earth idea and attempt to find hypothetical or scientific backing for different aspects of the theory. So he didn't go into this with the thought that the earth is hollow. It's basically saying, I think that maybe this idea has some credence to it. What are aspects of it that make sense scientifically or have some sort of plausibility to them? So I think this guy, out of anyone, probably has the most believability factors because he went into it with an open mindset. 
So one idea that he broke down was the, the hypothesis that the Earth is expanding and has been for a little while, slowly at a time. So one hollow earth idea is that the rapid spinning earth causes the solid parts of landmass to be pushed out to the outer edge, creating that empty space in the middle that I kind of spoke about towards the beginning. And according to him in the research that he did, the largest planets in our solar system have the fastest speeds of rotation while smaller ones have slower rotation, which would support that theory that it's spinning faster, thus pushing that outer edge larger and making the planet bigger. Honestly, that does kind of make some sense. There, there is a like scientific basis for it somewhat. Theoretically, then wouldn't we have to be like getting farther away from the sun? Then, if like we keep on getting bigger, we'd be getting closer to the sun technically. But aren't the like biggest planets like farthest away from the sun, like Jupiter and Saturn? I mean, we're still in the same spot in the solar system. It's not like that's changing. Oh, but it's just that the planet is expanding again. Not a scientist. It's like we're blowing up a balloon. Yeah. That's why, that's why me and Evan stuck to business. <laughs> yeah. We stuck to the uh, like creative side of things, like yeah. very much right brain on this side of the table. This last few count, like minutes, I've been sitting in my chair like, my brain hurts. <laughs> I don't this like was, this science. This was me the entire week. Yeah. Let me draw a picture, please. I feel like I have a hollow head. <laughs> <laughs> so... Like I said, this would support like that speeds of rotation would support the idea that the Earth is possibly expanding since the supposed dens- like supposedly the density numbers don't line up with the mass of what our planet should be. So theoretically, if the Earth started smaller, it would be more accurate with this density and mass numbers. But the rotational speed pushed the Earth to grow larger as it spun. And that is the reason why that singular landmass of Pangaea separated because it was pushed and broke apart. So that's where the theory comes where how the Earth ended up with different continents. So he also posited that the reason that magnetic north doesn't line up with true north if the Earth is hollow is because inside of the sediment and rock of the crust, there are different magnetic forces that push and pull on each other that force that magnetic field out of alignment and thus create a variation in magnetic north. Which actually does happen. There are isn't there's something with the magnetic poles that they do kinda They do shift. Yeah. And there is a reason for it according to modern science. But it's the whole thing <laughs> the whole thing where this theory for me breaks down is the fact that if the Earth was hollow, there wouldn't be anything inside causing the the magnetic field. The magnetic field would like cease to exist pretty much. Because there's not enough force. That's that's where like these supposed magnetic forces all come in, and like every hollow Earth person that I've like seen that recommends sources always recommends one that's something to do with magnetic forces, and I don't know how that all works. So I'm it's just way above my pay grade to try and figure that out. But yeah, I got a, like a C in all my science classes. Yeah. <laughs> that's not me. That ain't me. But like. This this guy proposed some ideas that I did say, like, that theoretically could make sense. So he, he has some good ideas, and I didn't read his book, obviously, because I didn't have time to. But I would honestly be interested in reading it just to see how he got to these conclusions and what research that he did. So that's kind of like the last that I have on modern hollow earth theorists. I just wanted to talk about those two specifically. One, because Dallas Thompson's hilarious. <laughs> And two, because one actually had like some feasibility to his. So, Evan, I don't know if you had anything else that you really wanted to mention on modern stuff. 
or Not, anything else? Nothing else really in like the research, but I just thought it was like very interesting that this theory again was just founded on so much science and so much research and then just kind of became this almost like fantastical thing. Yeah. You know, like in the 1600s it's like this is actually kind of plausible. It makes sense like we don't for sure know. And then they just kind of deny like hollow earth people now just deny the different tests on why the earth is not hollow. Yeah. But that's with every conspiracy theory. Like right. when the satanic panic happened, everyone was saying, oh, there's these satanic cabals that are taking our children while they're at school and flushing them down toilets, these satanic cult <laughs> meetings. What? Literally. Yeah. Down toilets. McMartin preschool case. They said they were flushing kids down toilets to like these different things. How big are your toilets? I know. Literally. How, right. small How small are your children? But like that all, bigger kids. That all started because. <laughs> bigger kids. <laughs> that's why kids are so fat nowadays but like that whole idea started because one religion got out of hand and two because people were worried about sex trafficking and stuff which is a legitimate issue but mm -hmm. people took that and took it way too far which is kind of what happened here with the site like hollow earth had scientific backing it's just that in 1692 no one could really take the tests that we have nowadays and use them to prove it wrong you get one failed fur trader and he makes the entire Literally. culture <laughs> of hollow earth it's kind of interesting too you just mentioned religion like religion has just knocked down so many different scientific theories from the sun being the center of the earth and so many other things it's kind of weird that we didn't see that at all with hollow earth that there mean, was no religious yeah, intervention at all like the well, big no one gave a no one really cared i guess well didn't the Crash Crush? Crash. Yeah, he started his own cult. He had like 250 members. Oh, sure. Sorry, sorry. I meant like I mean, Christianity. Well, that's a, I yeah, guess. Like it's it all right. comes down to Christianity yeah. just kind of being a dick. Yeah. <laughs> but like the only religious stuff that I really found was just explanations for like how did this fit into the flood scenario and that like. That's where a lot of the stories that you mentioned with the ancient cultures of people coming from the ground, basically just after the flood happened and Noah was the only surviving family on the earth, people came from those caves out of the ground and repopulated different areas of the earth. So that's the whole idea behind that. But huh. that's all I really saw as far as like religious stuff goes. So in conclusion, science tells us that the earth is indeed solid, not hollow. Due to seismic testing to see what lies beneath the surface, we know that the Earth is made up of a solid crust with a thick mantle beneath, followed by a liquid metal outer core and a solid inner core. So the molten metal currents of the outer core are the cause of this magnetic field shift and also the reason why all of this fluctuation happens. Like the, the molten metal moving in liquid form causes different pulls and pushes on the magnetic field just because there's a lot of different forces at work down there the hollow earth theory is slightly more believable than flat earth theory but it also begs the question of how harmful it is to believe these things in general does it hurt to buy into the idea that our planet may be holding secrets from us right beneath our feet well inherently it's not harmful but as owen egerton stated after writing his book hollow when i was writing the hollow earth i was celebrating people's ability to believe what was obviously not true but as the book came to be, I found more and more that those conspiracy theories weren't so cute and that the power could move in a bunch of different ways and a dangerous way. So these things are all about how far you take it. As we witnessed earlier this year, conspiracy can even lead to insurrections. 
A uh, greater majority of people will never take these ideas that far, but the sentiment remains to be careful with what you believe. It's okay to question the mainstream and the powers that be, but keep the voices of reason with you as well so you stay grounded and you stay in control. And I think that's my main my Very main well takeaway put. from yeah. this. Snaps. Snaps for Jake. Yeah, for me, I've, I've said this before on this podcast probably, conspiracy theories are fun until they're not yeah and you do some crazy shit yeah, that you'll probably regret <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. i'm saying i'm only gonna believe like of things if if jeff bezos or elon musk <laughs> is investing in it then it's real yeah when elon musk tweets uh, invest in hollow earth that's when i'm all in yeah <laughs> i'm not an nft boy by the way just no i don't I still don't understand what nft stuff is so me neither but you know idubs no do you know idubs yeah yeah you know him he's just this weird dude on youtube he made an nft of his nutsack <laughs> i saw like yeah. a i saw a reddit screenshot that was like the best description that i've seen so far of an nft of like what it is but it still made no sense it was like some guy saying like imagine you wanted to buy the mona lisa so you asked she told someone i want to buy the mona lisa and then they say yeah sure and then you give them the money and they take a nameplate with your name on it that says he bought the rights to this and then you, he takes that sticker, puts it in some random coat closet on the wall, and then comes back to you and says, okay, you got it. And then you ask when you where the Mona Lisa is, and he says, Are you crazy? You don't actually own it. Yeah. You just have the rights to maybe own it or whatever. Yeah, it, it literally doesn't make sense to me. It's like you're buying just the metadata. Oh, like, yeah, that's it. Because like if you screenshot it, you still have the image, but you don't have the exact metadata. But like you could... I, I don't it know. doesn't make sense. Know. But speaking of uh, screenshotting and, and photos, follow us on our social medias. Look at that segue. <laughs> wow. <laughs> hey. I was looking up pictures. I think some like one you need to include is a picture of art. That that guy, he's so Legend. cute. Oh, yeah, we definitely oh, need to. Can I talk about art one more time? Yeah, quick? sure. So there's this – see, it sounds so real during it. Like, the, there's a man that apparently escaped Area 51 oh, with yeah. all these secrets. That's, Have you seen that's that? That's, like, the most famous coast-to-coast thing ever. And, like, he's all erratic, and, like, it sounds real. Like, he's not faking it. Like, he doesn't sound like he's acting at all. And all of a sudden, the transmission, like, cuts. Yeah, I one of the episodes that I listened to, someone called and asked Art Bell about that, and he's like, you know, like – the only explanation or the explanation that I have is that the satellite that we use to bounce this transmission off of had just because satellites very rarely, but they do sometimes spin the wrong way. So the transmission falls out. And it just so happened that that satellite at that specific time coincided with that and cut out. So it's it's like a really interesting. It's like one of the most famous coast to coast things ever. But that's stuff I believe. But. Because now that UFOs that US that the United States confirmed that UFOs sir yeah. Come on. Oh, sorry. <laughs> the, the jargon. The um, sorry. But it's like this one, this Hollow Earth one is too far for me. Yeah. It's it's and a for lot. For those reasons, I'm out. It's a lot. <laughs> but anyways, Evan, you wanna give these people where they can find us on social media? You. Specifically you, yeah, I'm talking to you. You can find us uh, If not men. <laughs> <laughs> And thrifty vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find us on Twitter at gems underscore history. You can find Jacob at Jacob from Wisco at Mark at Mark underscore underscore sign B. And then myself at Wadevskis, uh, Marshall and Alex. Would you like to plug your socials? 
Yes. yes, I would because now we have a dog and yes. I post about him all the time. So if you want, okay. It's Alex with two X's underscore Nicole 96. And I'm seriously thinking about just changing it to Gunter. Because he's so cute. No, he's so cute. Okay, next time I come on, I will have a separate page for Gunter. Yes. Also convenient that Mark, the guy with top secret intelligence clearance, isn't here for the Hollow Earth episode. (laughs) Real convenient. Oh, let's start our own conspiracy theory against like one of our (laughs) co-hosts. Hey, Mark, you know that that episode that you missed about secret knowledge that the government has? Please let Hollow Earthers hear this and like beg us. Please subscribe. Yeah, please do not attack Mark. <laughs> no, no, I right. didn't mean that. I just mean like please like listen and like demand that we just have an. Hour I know because that's why episode. that's why I'm worried because I posted in the subreddit and people are probably just like scanning the airways for yeah, like Hollow Earth. Yeah. So. The, has anyone like DM'd you for the podcast name? No. Yeah, maybe maybe just delete that profile. Honestly, <laughs> please, that's like. Please, let's go to war with the Hollow Earthers. It's like, <laughs> if we can start a Hollow Earth war and get more publicity out of it, I would. If totally it makes us famous, I'll take on all seven of them. There's almost five thousand of them in that subreddit. Okay, five thousand. Okay, fine. <laughs> uh, you can also find us on Instagram. I say this like all confidently now. Yeah, like, I know. Like, five thousand people show up, even though like one bad review and I'll probably just melt into tears. <laughs> five thousand people get dropped off by their mothers. <laughs> All right, now we're in this together. <laughs> <laughs> so you can also find us on Instagram at gems underscore of underscore history underscore podcast. I also and like how I said I wasn't going to take sides and now I'm attacking yeah. all people. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll take our side for us. Yeah. Then you can find us on TikTok. That's right, on TikTok. Ayo. At gems of history we're pod. We're officially not old people anymore. Oh, thank you. Goodness, well, I am, because Evan's the one eyes. in charge of that, so I don't get on TikTok. I'm older than you. <laughs> I know, but you're the TikTok boy. I'm not. <laughs> TikTok boy. Get on TikTok, dude. It's so good. No, I, don't. It's I so I already addicting. have too many mind sucks. I added like, like an hour on my screen time. It's like the first week. It's insane. Th- get, those are rookie numbers. You need to bump those up. <laughs> but anyways, uh, that's that's all we got for you on this one. Uh, I, I wanted to make this episode somewhat short, but it ended up being like over an hour again. So it's just like, I don't know how to concisely do this kind of thing. But hopefully we did it in a way that you guys could understand at least what we brought to the table so that you guys can kind of get the theory as we understand it, which is to say not a lot. <laughs> understand is a uh, stretch. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we'll be back next time uh, with another fun episode. I, I'm glad we're doing more like fun and lighthearted stuff than like a bunch of murder again. Yeah, Halloween kind of forked me up. Not yeah. gonna lie. So uh, this should become this will be coming out the week of Thanksgiving. So everybody have yes. a very happy Thanksgiving or whatever you guys are celebrating that week. Everyone stay safe. Have a good time with family, friends, whoever you're celebrating with. Be safe. Don't drink and drive. Of course. Be careful when you deep fry your turkey, even though I absolutely love those videos <laughs> so much. The, I love that the firefighters are just waiting for their opportunity to just light shit on fire. <laughs> it's actually like firefighters' busiest day, and it just makes me crack it's up so as someone funny. not involved at all. That and then like the, the trend that was going around a couple of years ago where everyone would text their mom and say, oh, yeah. I'm going to go microwave my turkey. How long do you think I should do it for? Oh, my God. <laughs> and then everyone's just like, don't do that. Yeah. And then never respond. <laughs> yeah, go, yeah, go microwave your turkeys and have a happy Thanksgiving. But we'll talk to you guys next week.